My dude. What's up, brother? Yo, finally got to meet you, man. I know, right? Finally face-to-face. It's always nice when you can, like, actually sit there and shake hands instead of talking over across the country. Yeah, with a delay. Yeah. The whole nine with the Zoom. My guy, Kenny King Jr. in the building. What's good? How you living? I'm living good, man. You know, uh, out here for the Raider game. Got the Haney fight tonight. Um, Just going to get things going. But, you know, just uh, it's been a crazy season for the Raiders, I'll tell you that. That's for damn sure. You guys have been having a crazy season, too. I mean, it's... It's, I mean, nothing like what we have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, nah, compl- different levels of crazy, man. Yeah. It's just been uh, it's been a roller coaster for you guys. And I know I had you on my show a little earlier in the year. Yeah. And uh, you always have high expectations for your Raiders. I try. And I like it. I like the I like the passion. That's one thing that I really appreciate your content and your work. But man, how you feeling right now about where they're at? They're still not out. They still right. got a chance. I mean, they're still, I mean, they're very deep in the hunt. You've got a team that basically you've got a three-way tie in the AFC West. Um, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders are now sitting there with a three-way tie. Um, you've got the Chiefs that have now taken over the lead, which, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, it didn't look like the Chiefs were going to do much of anything. Nah. Um, but looking at this team, I mean, it was a three-game skid, and it was like you have the loss to the Giants after, after Henry Ruggs. You have the the loss of the Chiefs, which I mean, they got beat. Like there was nothing to, to to sugarcoat that. And then a loss to Cincinnati, where they could have won that game if they had just done a better job of controlling the run and not turning the ball over. And so looking at this team and looking at the way they played against the Cowboys, it's like this team is still very much in the hunt. They can do something. They just they have to put it together and continue to do it. And they, you got to win December, and yeah. it starts with the Washington Football Team. Yeah. What's interesting is that they that that entire AFC is so loaded, bro. Like, yeah. I think there's only three teams in the whole AFC that are legit out, you, yeah. you could say, right? Everyone else has five or more Everybody's wins. Everybody's got a chance. And the thing with the Raiders, it was just unfortunate because every year you have that point in the season, like the second half of the season, last three, four years, the Raiders start to fall apart. Yeah, yeah. But this year, it's not because of the play. Right. It's because y'all have gotten hit with all these. I mean hurricanes of just yeah i I don't think i've ever seen a situation where a team has been affected by so many different things and so many different ways of things happening like gruden's emails henry ruggs damon arnett all those things coming together that's a lot for for a team to handle and especially a young team when really the oldest player on your team well the oldest player on your team is on the injured reserve list Mm -hmm. and then the most tenured player on team is, is your quarterback he's the only other person who's been around for the long haul and so it's it's tough for a young team and, and for some for everybody to rally together and say let's get this. When you lose your coach, uh, you lose somebody who you consider a brother, and then you lose a guy like Damon Arnett uh, who decides to be stupid and and go on Instagram live and, and tote guns. And so, um, you know, the way I look at it is, before it was play collapse, right? It was the way that the play collapsed. Now it's you know it's actual mental collapses. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is that the collapse was closer to the midseason. And hopefully they can reel back and, and get it towards the end of the season. Well, I think they got the right guy in Carr, man. I've been so impressed with him. Like, dude, I, there's been a not, – not even a running joke, but a, it's a take that I've been having for a couple of weeks now. Anytime we bring up MVP, I'm like, yo, I'd give my vote for Derek Carr. Hey, you know how I feel about Carr. But yeah. I think the way he's handled it – Yeah. Like, dude. Not a better person to, to take that. <clears throat> how much more can this guy deal with? And just yeah. my favorite thing that he did, man – is with all the Henry Ruggs stuff that went down, 
he like called them out, but like in a positive way. He was yeah. like, hey man, I'm gonna be there for him. Yeah. Right now everyone's off him. I want him to know that I love him. Yeah. And I'm here for him. Yeah. That takes balls, dude. Especially in this climate now where you saw social media. Of everyone course. was going crazy. And look, no one's no one in their right mind says what he did was the right thing no. to do. Right? You you'd be a psychopath. Yeah. However, to be able to have that dude stick up for him, yeah. and then even with the coaching change too, and just everything, just just a dude, like the best way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a tremendous respect for Carr, um, his family. I, you know, I talk to his brothers a lot, and just what he's gone through in his eight years with the Raiders, the the number of head coaches, the things that he's had to deal with. Those are all things that kind of stand out to me, and and his ability to to kind of weather that storm. I think this year he's playing at a higher level than he's ever played. I mean, even in 2016 when he was, you know, in the MVP con- consideration, he's killing those numbers right yeah. now. I mean, he's just crushing it, and so. I think it's a matter of him just – he's got command of that team. He's got guys that just respect him, that love him, um, that want to play for him. And I think that that's where you're going to see a lot of the successes. And at the same time, the Raiders now have a defense that can actually get after the quarterback, and that's getting that's giving the Raiders a lot more success as well. Yeah. How do you feel about the Raiders moving to Vegas? How's it been now, the year and a half? I mean, I, I get to come to Vegas all the time. So. Amen to that. <laughs> you know, I look, I miss, I miss Oakland. I'm, I'm from Oakland. I miss being able to get on BART walk across the BART Bridge, smell the hot dogs, you know, tailgate, you know, smell every kind of different thing that you want to smell out there, <laughs> and then go to the stadium. And the stadium was a dump, but it was our dump. Like, it was a pig, but it was our pig. And it, being in Oakland was one thing. But now coming to Vegas, you got this beautiful new stadium. You have something that Al Davis worked so hard for his whole, his whole life, his whole time that he owned the Raiders. And it was something that was always promised to the Raiders. It was always something that was promised to Al Davis when he came back to Oakland, that there was going to be a new stadium done. And it didn't get done. And so it's kind of it's vindication for Marks to say, hey, I did this for my dad. I did this for Raider Nation. I built something that is the, Ra- the Raiders can call their own. And you go into that stadium, and it's, it's black and silver everywhere. And you got, you know, silver and black and, and Hall of Fame Raider stuff everywhere. You don't have A stuff. You don't have Niner stuff. You don't have any other teams. It's something the Raiders can call their own. So that part of it I love. And I love the fact that I have a reason to come to Vegas. And it's like, you know, I tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to Vegas this weekend. I'm going for the game, and it's it's not a it's not an argument like right. oh, you're going to go to the club. No, I'm not going to the club. I'm going to the game, and I'm going to come to Blue Wire Studios and, and do a pod. Yeah, now you got even more incentive exactly. to come out here. Hey, man, how do you feel about the emergence of like Hunter Renfro? Man, that's the goat. Yo, he's, <laughs> he's such a so. I would always say Hunter Renfro is the type of dude that he, he's such a good football player. Yeah, right. I know it sounds very basic to say. Like, he was never going to start in your fantasy team. Right. But now, dude, is putting up He's some starting on numbers. my fantasy team. Yeah, I got him at flex. But I've been a fan of his since Clemson. I was actually yeah. out in Vegas in uh, 2016 or 2017, the year they won the national championship. And I bet him 8-1 to one to win the national championship. Oh, wow. With Deshaun Watson and him. And yeah. he scored the game-winning touchdown yeah. against Bama. So, forever, Renfro? Ren- bro, I just – I love the way that he <laughs> plays the game. Because he – I was, I was talk- actually talking to my boy about this on the way in. I love the way he plays the game because he just he doesn't care. Like he goes out there and he just has fun. And that's what football is all about. I mean, you're playing a kid's game. You're obviously you're the best at what you do and you're you're getting paid millions to do it, but you're playing a kid's game. And I love the fact that he's been able to go out there and do that. Um, but you know, he reminds me a lot of like a Fred Bolitnikov, a guy who looks very unassuming, a guy who you would not expect to be as freakishly athletic as he is, and then he just goes out there and embarrasses people. My favorite my favorite picture is when they got AJ Brown, Metcalf, and then it's like yeah. him. 
<laughs> and he's the best receiver out of the three of them. I don't know if I would agree with right that. Right now, right now, this <laughs> season, numbers, I mean, he's he's putting it up. Yeah, I don't know what's been happening with the other two, but Renfro really has had that breakout down. Now he's getting more respect from national media. Yeah. Like, it's always dudes like him, first the fan base falls in love with him, right? right? Like, I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah. And then after that, it's like the real football fans that actually watch not just Red Zone. Yeah. They start to fall in love with him. But now, lights up the Cowboys. Was yep. it A for like 134, 135? Yep. Spotlight, national spotlight. And now people are talking about him as a premier slot wide yeah. receiver. Well, and you got guys like Edelman and, and Welker that are basically, you know, that are calling him out as well. Like, hey, this guy. I mean, and these those are two of the best slot receivers of all time. You yeah. know, those guys are just guys that just completely dominated the league. So, But also, you know, like, I – I hate this notion of if you're a slot wide receiver, it's a bad thing. Like if you can only line up in the slot, because this was a movement that was happening in like the fantasy football yeah. circles years back where they would say, why not take your Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, put them in the slot. Yeah. You have all the mismatches. And then you started yeah. seeing the Saints were doing that with Michael Thomas. Yep. Then you get Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. DeAndre so Hopkins. That's just now – Dudes just line up everywhere if you're a complete wide receiver. Well, and that was one of the things that Gruden had uh, for his offense is that he wants guys that can line up anywhere. He wants guys that can play anywhere. So if you're a running back, you can line, out, you can line up out wide. If you're a tight end, you can line up out wide. If you're a quarterback, you can line up at slot. I mean, we saw Derek Carr line up on Trayvon Diggs and call him out and say, come here. <laughs> and, he, and, and Derek still to this day says that he wished that he caught that fade over him because that's just the kind of guys that you want. You want guys that are going to go out there and just can play football. And I think that that's where you have successful teams. That's one of the things that I, I can't stand the Patriots, but that's one of the things that Bill Belichick has done really well in his millions of years coaching. Yeah. What makes the Raiders such a polarizing team? I mean, the history, the history of the team, uh, the silver and black, the, you know, the, the band of misfits, Al Davis taking on the NFL, self-made man. Uh, he wasn't, you know, an oil tycoon or he wasn't something like that. He's a guy who came from the bottom, worked his way up, took over the league, fought the league and won and built a winning franchise and built almost a dynasty, you know, winning three Super Bowls within 10 years and, and really just creating a, a franchise that, that took players that were misfits and that were castaways on another team and turned them into Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah, they're just a – like, I feel like the logo looks fire too. I mean, is there anything harder in, in, in sports? I would say maybe the, the thing, closest thing would probably be the Bulls logo. But there's no harder logo than than an eye patch and a shield and silver and black. It's just it's it's menacing, and that's why you saw the the you know the L.A. L.A. gang scene rocking Raider stuff because it's just menacing. Yeah, and also they're neutral colors. You can, yeah, you can wear it with everything. I wear it every day. Yeah, dude, how long have you been doing content? Uh, on my own, I've been doing content for about two years. Um, actually, no, for about a year. I just celebrated my first year. Uh, but I've been doing pods now for about three years. I was with Cody for a while and then uh, came on and, and started my own pod with Blue Wire about a year ago. How are you liking it? Love it. I absolutely love it. It's, I have a lot to say, and now I got people that want to listen to what I have to say. So, oh, right? Yeah. What, what a weird thing sometimes. Yeah, right? Like, you've been doing it for what? Like, five years, right? Six. Six, yeah. So, I mean. I used to do know. three different shows. That's nuts. I used to record six episodes a week, and I would commute yeah. from Queens to Long Island and then back. And I was waking up at three in the morning and I was in college. Then I dropped out, just walked out. Yeah. Some shit from a movie, bro. No joke. 
Like great. I was just, I was taking advanced because I speak Greek too. Yeah. So everyone calls me Lamb. So I'm in Queens College and I go and I get lunch with one of my friends who I known her since I was like six. We went to elementary school, junior high school, high school. And I have my notes for my podcast. Yeah. And we had like a midterm or some shit. And she's like, yo, all you've been telling me every time we <laughs> grab lunch is about your podcast. Like, why don't you just do that? Yeah. It was like one of those things from a movie, bro, where I'm like, yo, you're right. And I just walked out the class. I've been doing content ever since. I, I tell you, there's nothing, there's nothing better than creating your own content for, you know, to do the things that you want to do. Yeah. And that, I think that's what I like about it is because there's going to be people that want to listen to what you have to say. And if they don't, then they find somebody else to listen to. But you're going to talk about what you want to talk about. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, how do you how do you like the direction of like where podcasts are going? Because I I still feel personally, it's still in its oh it's it's not even toddler near. years, man. Yeah, it's not even near where where it's gonna be. I think that podcasts are gonna be the next wave. I think podcast videos, things like that. Like I've been doing YouTube for for about a year and a half now, and people like to watch videos. People like to they like to have they like to have curated content. And we talked about this before. Is, People like to have that curated content where it's stuff that they want to hear. They don't want to hear all the other all the other filler stuff. And so when you can just hone in on something that that benefits you, that's something that you love, people are going to want to do that more and more. They want to listen to that more and more. So I think what podcasts are just going to continue to take off. And and I mean it's it's going to be crazy to see what happens within the next five ten years. Yeah, and I think the people that have been early to it are really going to see the the most benefit. Oh yeah. And I mean, the ones and mo- not, not even early, man. I don't want to say that cuz I cuz then that feels like I'm tooting my own horn, but <laughs> I think I think the people that are the most consistent. It is. It's all about consistency. It's it's just like with anything. Like it's it's like with tweeting, it's like with Instagram, it's like with TikTok. If you're not continue to put out content, if you're not staying within the algorithm, then you're going to fall by the wayside and there's going to be somebody else that's going to come in, step up and take it over. One of the things I really want to ask you as we start to wind down, because I know we we gotta we gotta wrap this up soon. Yeah. It, it piggybacks off what you just said now, dude. I struggle sometimes with the volcano that social media could be. I love social media. Yeah, and I I like to preface that because I feel like everyone always shines the bad light on social media. Yeah, it could get chaotic. It could get toxic. Yeah. If it wasn't for social media, us two wouldn't be talking. I Facts. wouldn't be coming out to Vegas to do content. Yep. However, it's overwhelming. No. And sometimes I do want to be like, you know what, man? I'm going to just fall back. I don't want to, you know, let me just deactivate my account for a week. Yeah. But I can't because my business and my livelihood now is social media. How do you navigate through that? dynamic it's kind of like it's kind of part compartmentalizing right and I, I I'll speak to this you know my mom passed away about a month ago and um dealing with that like trying to deal with navigating through her passing and, and dealing with the cancer and all of that and still knowing that I had to put out content and I didn't have to put out content it was a matter of me like feeling like I wanted to put out content and that was more cathartic for me to do that and it was then at that point was where I was like, you know what, I'm going to curate my timeline and my, you know, my fees to things that please me and things that displease me. I'm going to get it out. And so I got a little more heavy with the block button. I got a little more heavy with the mute button and really just started to look at, you know, if this doesn't please me, I don't want it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I got enough stuff that I have to deal with. I have enough stress on my plate. This is how I'm going to look at it. And so it's really compartmentalizing of 
okay, this is this is real life. This is social media. And I think that one of the things I, I'll look at is Dave Chappelle saying, I don't care what you say on Twitter because that's not real life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did you feel like that might have been an escape for you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, look, everybody has an escape, whether it's, you know, working out, whether it's, you know, jujitsu, whether it's, you know, social media, uh, drinking. I mean, there's so many different other kinds of escapes. But I found myself going down like a rabbit hole, just like kind of zoning out and being able to just like look at TikTok for two hours and, and not worry about anything. Uh, it's definitely an escape because it's an endorphin rush. It gives mm -hmm. you that dopamine hit that you want. And so um, I think that a lot of people need to utilize it as that say, hey, you know what, instead of doing something that's not constructive, you can look at, you know, social media as a way that you can actually have some constructive, um, constructive help. Yeah, shouts to the mute button though. Dude, <laughs> it's a savior. It is. It is. And yo, I, I agree with you because I feel like everything that you see on your social media feed is because you want to see it. Right. Because you're following it. It's my social media. Yeah. So if there are things on there that upset you or it just gives you bad energy and like it just ruins your day. Yeah. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. If you don't if you don't like somebody, you're not going to have them in your life. Right. Right. So why have them so why pop up them, on your feed? Yeah. Why let them be in your feed? You can control what you can control. That's what I always say is control what you can control. And social media is one of those things that you can control. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Last thing I want to ask you, what are, what are your plans for 2022? 2022 is bigger, bolder, and badder. Um, we're taking the content up a level. I'm going to be doing uh, some more stuff with the pod, more video stuff, um, a lot more interviews, taking, you know, getting more, uh, more episodes out. Um, I'm going to write, go back, get, get back into writing more, um, taking some more time with that. And then just also at the same time, like really looking at honing in on my career and, and navigating out of where I'm at into more of the content creation, more, um, of the sports industry and, and, and working with that. What about you, man? I know you got a lot going <clears throat> on. So what, what do you got going on? Man, I, uh, my next goal is I want to start streaming, but like, yeah sort of watching sporting events live. Okay. But you're watching like me and the homies. Watching with you. Drinking beers. Yeah. Chopping it up. Yeah. Like that kind of vibe I think is next. I think I think outlets like Twitch, mm -hmm. Mixer. No, nah, I don't think Mixer's around anymore. But like Facebook gaming. Yeah. I think those are underutilized in, in podcasting because people just associate those things with gaming. So I think that's the next one. And man, when I first started, bro, my main goal was to just be able to create content full time. I didn't want to flip eggs anymore. Like yeah. I was always like, what's your number one goal? Like, yo, I don't want to wake up at three in the morning anymore. I wake up at six now, <laughs> seven o'clock, but it's, it's better. It's definitely better. Yeah. yeah. Wake up and like the sun's up. Not always exactly. go to sleep dark, wake up dark. <laughs> but dude, I appreciate you coming in, man. You're yeah, someone man. that uh, I, I admire your work. Um, super family, man. I love it. <laughs> the kids always me mugging on the TikToks. Always. And uh, you always show me a mad love. So when I came out here and I, and I had this spot, I was like, you know what? Let me hit up Kenny. No, I appreciate this that, happen. man. Appreciate you. You know, you know, you're somebody I've interacted with a lot. I got mad respect for you. I love what you do. Um, obviously, been on your pod before, and uh, you know, I love creating content with you because you're somebody I can just rap with, and I like that. I don't like when you get on something that feels stale and it feels weird, and you're just like, I don't know what to talk about. Shit flows. And so I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's why sometimes I'll just have a person on my pod once, and then if you don't see him again, you kind of right. You kind of know where you're at. Yeah. Dude, where can they find you on social media? Check me out on Twitter at Kenny King underscore junior. You can check me on uh, Instagram at the underscore Kenny King junior. And TikTok is at Kenny King underscore junior. And then you can catch me on social media. Uh, 
Kenny King Jr. And uh, probably the best way to find it. And then my podcast, of course. If you're not following the podcast, if you're not listening to the podcast, even if you're not a Raider fan, you're going to enjoy it. Real talk with Kenny King Jr. I talk about a lot. Yeah, I was going to wear the shirt, but I wore it to jujitsu the other day. Oh, so you got it all stinky before yeah, you came Yeah, man, I had to. See, I, I was going to wear the Veterans Minimum shirt, but I still haven't gotten yo, it. Yo, I, I, got, so. I actually I got it. I got it in my bag right there. Perfect. So I got you after. At Nick Day is 10 as we can find me. At Veterans Minimum as we can find the rest of the show. And we'll catch you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.